0: This episode is brought to you by software. That's right, that's my baby and my company friends. For those of you who don't know, seven, oh my god, seven years ago at this point, six years, whatever it is, I started the company after my mom went to the doctor with a headache and they found six brain aneurysms and they gave her a three to five percent chance of survival and my mom is a badass and I created the clothing line for her while she was in the hospital because she couldn't find anything cozy, soft, and comfortable for her. So software is 100% created in the United States. We keep every Everything local, it's all made right here in LA using sustainable t- materials, non-toxic dyes, and a fabric I personally created that nobody else has that literally feels like you're wearing a cloud. And if you use the code do the work, you get 20% off your purchase so that you can stay oh-so-cozy and support a local and incredible brand. The website is wearsoftware. w e a r soft w e a r dot com, and the code is do the work. Again, that's wearsoftware w e a r soft w e a r dot com slash uh, nothing slash just code do the work to get twenty percent off your purchase, and the link will, as always, be in the show notes. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Do The Work Podcast. My name is Sabrina, and I am your host. Guys, I am so excited. Masha's back. Yay! We love a Masha episode. And we sat down and talked about this episode for a long time because we really wanted to hit on something that... I think is a struggle that a lot of people are going through, and that is letting go of control. What it means to surrender and dating with detachment and not att- not attaching to the outcome. There are there's a lot of buzzwords. There's a lot of people on different social channels saying things, and we want to finally come at it from the nervous system and a dating expert perspective to give you guys what the fuck this actually means. So as always, I'm so excited, guys. Thank you for everything. I hope that anybody that's in L.A., November 9th is our first. Me, Masha, and Leo Skeppy are doing our first in-person live podcast recording. The tickets are linked in bio. They're only 20 bucks. We did it just so that people have skin in the game because it's L.A. Hello. Uh, People don't show up. But please, please, please share it with all of your friends. Anybody, bring the girls, bring the boys, assemble the team. We're going to have drinks and snacks and swag bags and time to meet and greet and hang. And I'm just so excited. It's going to be in Santa Monica at the Motoring Club. And everything is in the link in bio for more information. And as always, if you guys want to work with me one-on-one, ask me a question, dating app audits with Tech Guy, anything you ever need is always going to be in the link in my bio so or in the show notes rather. So you guys can always come to me if you need anything at all. So without further ado, let's get right on into it. Hello, Miss Masha. Welcome back. Thank you. I am so excited. I know. I can't believe. I mean, it's been like over a month. You were gone for what? You were gallivanting through Paris. (gasps) Uh, As is life. As such is life, eh? (laughs) I'm excited. I know today as, you know, our resident guest speaker who always comes on. I love that. Yeah I I love that title. Our resident. Um, You're actually one of the only people that is a repeat guest because there's reason for that because you're the best. But today we're going to talk about something that is actually really near and dear to my heart because I was the queen of doing this and I think it's really important and I think a lot of the teachings that I talk about that you talk about really come it's a culmination of all of these things and I think it's important for us and what that I love how I'm keeping everyone like debated what that topic is is letting go of control and what does it mean to date with detachment what does it mean to surrender what does that mean and I think we can come at this from so many different ways but I think something that you and I have become really passionate about is debunking the bullshit that people are talking about and so I'm excited
1: I'm super excited. I think this topic is so important and yet there are so many misconceptions Mm. or so many teachings that mean well, but are so vague and so difficult to implement, just not at all actionable. And then people get very confused and discouraged or believe they're doing it wrong. Meanwhile, it was just never explained
0: to them properly. Quick call out if I can. If anybody's in LA, November 9th, we have our first live podcast event. So for anybody, just I had to put that in really quick. Masha and I will be there with Leo Skeppy. And we're going to have the best fucking night. Cocktails, snacks, swag bag. You get to meet us. You get to hang out with us. November 9th. It's only 20 bucks for a ticket because we want to have people have skin in the game so that you come. So the link will be in the show notes for you guys to come out and meet us and have an amazing fucking experience with us in person. So please share it to all your LA friends. I'm super excited.
1: I'm just excited to have a conversation and meet with your incredible community. I've been meeting with you guys in sessions and through these lives and it's just such an honor, honestly. It's such an honor that you've chosen to include me, and I could not be more excited.
0: I'm so excited, so sorry. I had to do a quick like plug-in just had so to. that everybody knows. But anyways, I think we talk about this dating with detachment, dating with detachment. We say this all the time. It's a It's a buzzword. It's a thing that people are hearing. And it was interesting because we did the question box, and I think it affirmed our worries was the massive amount of people being like wait but how am I going to date with detachment but then not make a connection and when do you start to attach to somebody and so I think it's so important for us to really maybe we just start there of like what do we actually mean by dating with detachment how to effectively do that and then I think that'll really kind of bring us into what we mean by like releasing control
1: Absolutely. And I'm actually really curious to hear your take on dating with detachment. As you know, dating is not necessarily my specialty. My specialty is the nervous system, relationships, usually longer relationships, working towards goals. And I hear you talk about this topic. And the second I heard that verbiage, I'm like, ooh, something about that doesn't quite sit right with me. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe either I'm misunderstanding it, maybe which means other people are misunderstanding it. So I'm curious to hear how you define it. And then maybe I can give a little bit of a nervous system spin to it totally nervous system perspective let's say
0: totally because I think when I say date with detachment and it's the same thing that your eyebrows raised when we were talking about this originally was well wait how are we going to make a connection and it's like okay so I think this is a great place to start when I personally I can't speak for the world when we're talking about dating with detachment the number one thing that I'm really kind of talking about here is not attaching to the outcome of things and I understand there are a lot of people here that are like I'm I'm dating to marry and that's a really dangerous mindset to have because I'm, I'm here that you have a goal I'm all about you having a goal but you might need to change the plan because when you're so outcome driven when it's so I have to have this person and if I don't have this person I'm not safe then the nervous system starts to flare up and then here's where you step in but if you're going out and dating going like what I do with tech guy We hooked up on the first date and I left going, I am never going to see this motherfucker again because I didn't want to attach like, oh, okay, well, if he doesn't contact me, then there's something wrong with me. And oh, my God, I gave it up too quick. So every date that I had, I left going, that was really fun. But he also doesn't owe me anything like this doesn't have to pan out to be the love of my life, because maybe I could also learn something from here. You know what I mean? And like along the way, and I think a lot of people are struggling on how do I date And form a connection with somebody, but also know that I'll be okay if it doesn't work out. That to me is what we're trying to teach people on how to date with detachment.
1: Right. So you're saying detach from the outcome. However, what I think most people hear or think is detach emotionally. Totally. And I think that's where it's all going wrong and they're trying to detach emotionally which for some people is just impossible which is actually not a bad thing it's a good thing but for others it's very possible if you lean a little more avoidant detaching emotionally is very possible but then a relationship is not is not possible, then that becomes impossible because you're cutting off connection. And I think you're absolutely right. What we're trying to get at is we want to understand how do we be present in the process? How do we remain open without getting overly attached? Our trauma responses, our protective mechanisms taking over and us clinging to something that might not be for us.
0: Totally. Because I think the, the biggest key when we're talking about dating with detachment is like, we don't want you to lose yourself. Right. You know, it's like we don't want you to lose your essence and who you are and the amazing person that you are and what you bring and the connections that you can build with people. Because there's also another thing here of like, I think a lot of people get scared to connect with somebody and then be like, well, but what if it doesn't work out? And it's because it's like, I understand that maybe in early childhood, when you connected with people and they left you, it felt so severe and it felt so enthralling because as a child, you can't really comprehend that not everybody's in your life forever. But as an adult, I've even had this with friendships. I'm not even just saying relationships where when I've had to... to release control to that outcome and be like, okay, you know what, I thought that this person could have been my friend, but maybe they're just not meant to be in my life forever. And that's okay. That doesn't discredit the connection we have. It doesn't discredit the time we have together. That just means that they're not meant to live a forever part. But I'd love to know from the nervous system perspective, you know, I think it really does equate to that safety But I'd love to hear your thoughts of like, if we're trying to form relationships with people that are still of authenticity and connection and and really, but detaching from the outcome, how can we support our nervous system through that? Yeah, that's a
1: really great question. I think the first thing to think about, especially if you kind of understand the basics of the nervous system a little bit, which I know your people absolutely do, right, is that If we want connection, we need to be in a regulated state, in a ventral vagal state. It's only in that regulated state that connection with other people is actually possible. Because when you're in a survival state, you're in a state of protection. Mm -hmm. So either we're moving towards connection or towards protection. If we're moving towards the protection side, we're moving away from connection. Mm -hmm. Right? So when you're finding yourself being overly controlling, finding yourself attaching to the outcome, it's actually a sign that you're dysregulated, that your nervous system doesn't feel safe. And so when we start getting a little more regulated, that's where dating with detachment in the way that we just explained becomes possible. And what that looks like is remaining open, remaining connected, but not just connected to the person in front of you, connected to yourself and your needs and your desires and, and being in that present moment, because it's only in that present moment that you could start to understand, is there something here or isn't there? which is what people are trying to understand, but they're not recognizing that controlling, that dysregulation is completely getting in the way of that. And so when we're finding ourselves attaching, or another way of saying that, when we're finding ourselves controlling, Mm -hmm. which could look like, two different, looks like many things, but two different things I think we want to call out is one, it could look like controlling behaviors. Mm-hmm. So trying to micromanage the person, trying to micromanage the relationship, texting, telling them what to do, criticizing, right? That's one way controlling could look. And another way it could look is more of a cognitive process. Maybe you're constantly planning 10 steps ahead or you're creating rigid rules and expect- expectations. Of like if this doesn't happen, then it means this, right? You're also trying to control more so mm-hmm. internally. But let's like be clear on what control really is. You're trying to control the external to change the internal. Yep. And you're changing the internal because you don't trust yourself to feel the emotions that might come up if you're not controlling the external. The truth is that's a false sense of control. You can't mm-hmm. actually control the relationship. You can't actually control that other person, right? It's a, a relationship is a process of co-creation. It takes two people right? And so that's all to say, that's what happens when you're dysregulated. When we take a moment to realize, oh, this is dysregulation. That's why I'm controlling in these different ways. That's when we could say, okay, what do I need to do to become a little bit more regulated, to open myself up to connecting with the person and disconnecting from the outcome?
0: Yeah. And I love that you even asked yesterday, you're like, let's get clear. What are we detaching from? And it's like, that's a really great, Start even if a, if we start. I think people write in all the time. I get attached easily. I get attached quickly. I get attached, and it's like okay. So then, exactly, what are we getting attached from? The outcome? Are we getting attached to the idea of them? Because I know, I, I, I again, I can speak so personally on this because I was her. I, I know the thought process of like when you meet somebody amazing, and I remember trying to control the situation. And it's so funny because um shout out to my babes Tyler, one of our just like. OG listeners who I also just adore he wrote it and he was like "What are some other behaviors like what besides trying to control somebody and I think people often overlook the sign of like oh you mean the overthinking the overanalyzing you're trying to look and look at every single text because you think that if you have the perception of control and I know it personally because growing up I had no control I wasn't allowed to make any you, you know my family it's like we weren't allowed to have an opinion you weren't allowed to say what it is that you want you weren't allowed to just like speak out in a way that felt comfortable and so now as an adult I have to control I had to control every aspect when are they going to text me well how long is it taking I would count how long in between the messages because in my brain it was look see she has control over the situation she's in charge she's determining when at the end of the day that was just me being so dysregulated so disconnected from myself and so scared to feel the feel that came with the fact that this person might not be what I want them to be because that burst the fairy tale bubble for me. That first, the, that burst the, look, I'm gonna be saved. And then when I had that reality of like, oh my God, no, nobody is, I'm trying to control the situation. And for a lot of people that might not realize that they try to control something as I'm gonna text this person because they didn't text me, you're trying to control the outcome here because you're, it's a chess piece and we have to stop gamifying dating if you want to actually have a secure relationship
1: 100 percent, it's like I, you did that so beautifully connecting it to your past and what happened in your childhood and like realistically it's a fear of uncertainty huh? right and the truth is a relationship especially in the early stages but i would say even long term right because there's two people with yeah. different needs they're changing they're growing it's a It's quite a bit of uncertainty. And remember, to our nervous system, uncertainty signals danger. To all of us, Mm. uncertainty signals danger. Because if you were out in the wild and there's uncertainty about where you're going to get your next meal or uncertainty about where you're going to sleep at night that's going to be safe your nervous system gets activated, right? You have that like hyper arousal and you're trying to plan, okay, where am I gonna sleep? What am I going to do? And that's exactly what we're doing in relationship, Mm. right? You're either like trying to think 10 steps ahead to find some kind of safety, plan and analyze, or you're trying to micromanage the situation through these little actions. But at the end of the day, that's what's happening. It's, I don't feel safe because there's uncertainty and we need to learn to have a tolerance for that uncertainty because, you know, look, Uncertainty is, yes, to the nervous system, pure danger. Yeah. But at the same time, uncertainty is also limitless possibility, yeah. right? It mm-hmm. means anything could happen. Also, like those really awesome, beautiful things that you deeply desire or things that are even beyond your wildest imagination, that's also part of that uncertainty. And when we start micromanaging and controlling, it's kind of like all those possibilities collapse. And the only ones left are the ones we're imagining, which are usually what? The worst case
0: scenarios. Oh, 100% because those are the illusion of safety. I mean, even what we were talking about before we started recording of like, even just with business things of, okay, well, I want to let go of one aspect of my business. And I was like, oh, but wait, but I'm scared. And you made a great point. And you're like, okay, letting go, like in dating, letting go of somebody doesn't guarantee that the next opportunity is waiting outside the door ready to come in. But you're giving it the space in order to. And I realize, I think that's, The one shift I had, my favorite mental shift I ever made. And this came just one day, you know, like it wasn't this aha moment or this come to Jesus moment. I just one day realized, wait a minute, I am so scared about all of these negative things that could happen that happened. I'm so scared that the other shoe's going to drop. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And it's driven by fear. And I was like, but wait a minute, let me try one thing at any second of any point of any day, I could get that email that changes my life. I could meet that person. I think about when Tech Guy, that one time, that one moment I said, accept this match and not X'd out of it. Those little beats that in those moments, you and I have talked about this of, oh yeah, we'll look back on this one day and laugh when we're, you know, 10 steps ahead. They don't feel monumental in the moment. It's not like we look back at these, like, you know, the movies where they're having this thing of like, you're, you're putting the fucking flag on the moon going, this is going to leave a mark. But sometimes just being able to shift the mindset to let your body know, I'm safe no matter what. I am safe because I have me and I can only control me. So that means inherently I'll be safe if I can only be in control of myself, manage my emotions and things like that. But if I could just get excited every day that at any point something could happen, then I think that's to your point that surrender allows magic to happen, allows the other person to also step towards you so that you are not the only one taking up space. You said that so beautifully. Thanks, man. 100%. You said that so beautifully and what
1: it's making me think. It's like, okay, I was calling it uncertainty, right? And it is. It's a fear of uncertainty to your nervous system. But uncertainty is just the unknown. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is in the unknown, there's all these beautiful possibilities and you don't know what's really coming. You just need to be open to it. And I think the difference between seeing the unknown as dangerous and seeing the unknown as beautiful and expansive and full of possibility is your nervous system. Yeah. When you're dysregulated, you see that uncertainty and that unknown as danger. Mm-hmm. And the controlling and all of those protective mechanisms come in. When you're in a more regulated state, you look at the unknown and you're like, wow, something beautiful could happen. Yes, yeah, something bad could happen, of course, but also equally as likely, realistically, something really beautiful could happen. And I think what separates us being in that state of dysregulation when it comes to uncertainty and
0: being in a more regulated state is actually self-trust. Self-trust is the pinnacle of so much i find at least in all of the work that we do because i find that if you don't trust yourself you're not able to trust other people like i'm sorry i had made that one video that went viral at one point of like if a red flag to me is somebody that like if i were to you know when i went on dates if a, if a guy or girl whoever you're dating were to say i don't trust people or i struggle to trust people i'm like Mm-mm, there's too much unprocessed shit here you don't trust yourself you can't trust other people how are we going to build a connection and the amount of people that were like oh my God well I went through trauma and 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 it's like exactly you're proving my point you haven't fucking processed this you're living dysregulated your nervous system is always waiting for someone to reaffirm what the fuck you're thinking of and I would love your thoughts because I know that your nervous system is trying to keep you safe through the behavior and through the thought patterns but what to do What do we do in those moments, in these things of when you're spiraling or ruminating or you have that, what do we do for our nervous system to support it in those moments that you feel, especially either with your with people or alone, what can people do?
1: Yeah, I think first and foremost, I think most people think the first step is regulate. Just regulate. Just use a tip, a hack, pull up a TikTok, whatever you use, right? And I would argue that's not the first step. I think the first step is the awareness Mm -hmm. and the recognition of what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. So recognizing that, first of all, you're triggered and dysregulated. If you're controlling, micromanaging those behaviors that we just spoke about, the first step is recognizing you're engaging in those behaviors and then bringing to your awareness, like, wait a second, these behaviors are a sign that I'm probably dysregulated. Mm -hmm. I'm probably a little bit triggered. There's the fear coming up. And then to use that to kind of shift that awareness inward a little bit because when you're controlling, you're focusing on the situation, on the person, right? Uh-huh. And now you're shifting that awareness inward and being like, wait, what's coming up for me? What am I really afraid of here? Yeah. What am I afraid might happen if I'm not micromanaging this? If I'm not thinking of every situation, if I'm not controlling them, what am I afraid would happen? And then taking it one step further, it's like, what am I afraid to feel? Yeah. Because you're not really afraid of what might happen. You're afraid of how you might feel if that thing happened. 100%. Right? And so in doing that, you're now shifting the awareness to like, wait, this is more about trusting me mm-hmm. than it is about this person doing what I want or showing up or this
0: outcome. Yeah. Right? This is about me. This is about the process, not about the outcome. And I think an example that we were talking about yesterday of like, okay, what's an example of trying to control the outcome here is like oh, I don't know, maybe the texting stuff of, you know, I've had a client and she said, well, if I don't reach out to him, he's going to forget about me. And I was like, okay. You and I know hearing that, the minute I heard that, I was like, so this has nothing to do with him. This has absolutely nothing to do with him. But if that's that fear that's driving you and then you try to control the situation by saying, "Okay, well, then I'm going to text him or then I'm going to say this or then I'm going to do this or the opposite. I'm going to post on Instagram. I'm going to post a thirst trap or I'm going to post a quote that's going to get them to do something. You're trying to control somebody else that's equally as unhealthy as all the clickbait that we see on the Internet of do this to get this. Say this to get the guy. Act like this to get the guy because you're assuming that you can control someone else by your own behavior and here's a spoiler alert if that were the case all of you guys would be completely different right now if all i had to do was speak and i could change people by just saying something well then i'd be a billionaire but instead what we're seeing is okay that fear then leads to fear of abandonment then oh you feel like you're gonna be abandoned oh okay now you're scared okay then let's let's unpack what's under that uh the feeling Exactly.
1: Exactly. It's like, are you afraid of, you know, him not texting you back? Or are you afraid of the feeling of when he doesn't text you back? Exactly. And if it's the feeling, that's something for you to look at. What is that feeling I'm afraid of? That's where you're not trusting yourself. And that's where you need to turn towards yourself and be like, what is that within me? What is that emotion? And maybe even thinking about in terms of sensation, what am I afraid will happen? Right? Because again, we've spoken about this. Emotions are really sensations. Right. When we're afraid of feeling an emotion, we're afraid of feeling really sensations in our body. Yeah. And so when we start to shift inward and being like, okay, what am I really afraid of here? What am I afraid to feel? And what if I allow myself to feel a little bit of that in my body? Right. That makes that situation so much less scary because if it were to happen, you're like, okay, I'll be okay. And you know, the good news about that, if it were to happen, this person is giving you the information you need to decide, is this a potential relationship a potential good match for you and when we're doing all this controlling and micromanaging like look in the short term sometimes it works yeah sometimes you send the text sometimes you post their strap like whatever sometimes it works but there's a major problem with that of like is the, you don't know if that relationship is working or you're manipulating it to work and how long can you really manipulate it so- and then people are shocked when that relationship falls apart right it's like well because it wasn't real to begin with and you didn't give yourself the space to see if it was real so many people like is this the right relationship or is it not how do i know it's like you know by being present by connecting with yourself by looking at your fears coming back into your body regulating and then allowing that relationship to unfold and as it unfolds noticing what it brings up for you taking a moment to regulate and then asking does this work for me does this feel good to me is this supporting me is this aligned for me And you'll be getting the answers. But when people are micromanaging, they're not realizing that they are blocking themselves from getting the very answers that they're looking for.
0: 100%. I think I used to be, I remember like I would, my mom actually would start to challenge me like that. I'd be like, yeah, but what if he's an answer? And she'd be like, okay, so what if he doesn't? And that was and I, I, that was a practice that I started to implement um, like probably last year where I would sit with that feeling and be like, OK, so if he doesn't answer and I'd cry and I'd let it out and I'd be like, OK, but I faced it. I'm not scared anymore about what's going to happen if he doesn't. You know what will happen if he doesn't? I go on with my fucking life. What do you mean? What if the, that's what I when people say, but like, what if they don't call me? It's like, so you keep living. Because if your life is contingent around somebody else's action in your life, that's how codependency happens. That's how we start to realize that you're living for other people. And if you grew up where that's okay, if you grew up in a household where everything was for other people, you know, like that was my upbringing like you haven't you'll, you'll meet Helly, but my mom everything was for everyone else she even to this day I can only be happy when my kids are happy I can only and it's like no you can be happy because you have your own life and if your children are going through something you support them through it and you're there for them but that doesn't mean that you are not happy yeah 100% and we have to do that in dating
1: 100% and like you're mentioning something that's important and we'll just mention this in passing but like your emotions are like your responsibility mm-hmm. your emotions are not created by other people mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what we're talking about here, right? Like you asked, okay, what do you do if this happens? And I said, okay, step one is this awareness, this turning inward, curiosity, awareness, curiosity, and compassion. I call that befriending. We've talked about that, right? And then maybe after that, you do something to regulate. Maybe you breathe. Maybe you step outside. Hopefully you have a little bit of a toolkit, small things, somatic practices, breath, Whatever those things may be for you, something small, just a couple of minutes, no more than a couple of minutes just to kind of come back into your body, maybe move some energy or maybe some mindfulness practices to come physically back into your body. But then from there, it's a matter of feeling your emotions. And in order to feel your emotions, you need to take ownership of them right it's like I'm feeling this emotion not that this person is making me feel that it's I'm feeling that emotion and it's in my body and this is part of the work that I have to do and in feeling those emotions yeah you know a little bit of inner child work might come up and and your own wounds and traumas right but I would say that's kind of the order for me of the befriending the curiosity and awareness then the regulation Mm -hmm. doing something maybe it's regulating with another person getting support and then yeah it's taking ownership of those
0: feelings and feeling them in your body and processing that 100% and I think at the end of the day right now if you're I think the one question that we got most often was like how am I going to date with detachment but also build a connection when do I start to attach to them and I want to just drive home this point of what we're trying to say it's not that you if you are able I don't want you to attach to anybody that's kind of my thing you shouldn't be attaching to somebody it's like no you are your own human being I don't want to attach to you I want you to live your life like I'm not attached to my partner and here's a spoiler alert even, because somebody actually asked that as well, when is it okay to become attached to the outcome? And it's like, never. Because you're married, I'm in a serious relationship, I don't attach that this is going to be my end-all, be-all. Because you know what? I learned my lesson when Clem passed away. I was only, I'm only okay if I have him. I am only okay if I have my dog. And if I, I would tell my mom, I was like, no, 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 I, like, I couldn't fathom the day. I couldn't let my, she would see me, I would start to like... Like a robot cannot compute. And she'd be like, okay, it's okay. I would get so dysregulated by the thought of, what do you mean he's going to die? No, 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 no that when he died I went through a complete fucking crisis I didn't know who I was I didn't know what the fuck I was doing because I was so attached that I was only going to be okay if I had him in my life and then now it opened up a world of possibilities to be like wow I actually didn't give myself enough credit I didn't give myself enough credit to know that I'll be okay with or without him and that he is the best support system I've ever had in my entire life and nobody will ever top the love and support that he gave me but that doesn't mean that other people or animals or things can't come in and also support. So I think if you're dating and you're starting to go out there and you're struggling of like, oh, but I don't want to attach to somebody too quickly. Good. Stay that mentality, but start to look at, but I want to connect with people. I want to connect because connecting is beautiful. Connecting doesn't mean that just because I connect with somebody at a coffee doesn't mean that they have to be my husband. That just means that, wow, that was a really nice interaction. I can leave it at that.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, we're saying emotional detachment mm-hmm. is not good, right? right? That's basically what we're saying. Emotional attachment is bad. And then I think people think, well, is the opposite emotional detachment, emotional attachment. And we're saying, no, it's actually emotional connection. Yeah. And connection is about being present in the moment. It's not about, okay, but what happens if this, and like jumping into the, the future, which is a sign of dysregulation, right? It's about being regulated, being able to be in the present with what is. right right? And there might be something really beautiful and opening up to that. And there might be some difficult things and being present with that as well. That's emotional connection. And in that emotional connection, you're not just connected to them. Emotional, to be emotionally connected to another person, you actually need to be deeply connected to yourself. percent. Me and you as friends could not emotionally connect if I was completely disconnected from you and just completely in your feelings. Who would you be connecting to? You wouldn't know me. Right. Right. And so emotional connection is a connection to yourself, and being open to connection with the other person, whatever that may be
0: in that moment. Yeah. And I'll, you know what? I'll give you an example. When Tech, I'm going to say his name again. When Tech, and he actually, the other day, he was like, I think you can say it. And I was like, not yet. When Tech Guy and I first started dating, I will never forget. He was like, I remember he was like, I want you to be my girlfriend. And I, I feel so connected to you. And I remember just looking at him and I was like, of course you feel connected to me I was like I fucking share everything I tell you everything I was like of course you fucking feel connected to me I'm an open book I was like you don't share things with me and that was his avoidance was that fear he was trying so hard to control not getting hurt and not opening up that he was so scared that he then he realized he was like I was shooting myself in the foot I was trying so hard to control that I wasn't going to get hurt that I was going to keep you kind of at arm's length he was like but then at the end of the day what I ended up doing was I pushed you away and I did allow and it's the same with the anxious person when you try so hard to connect with somebody off the bat of like I have to show them how amazing I am and I have to do all this and starting to to get out of your own power and start to chase somebody else you start to do that what ends up happening is you're not connecting with this person you're surviving you're just trying to hold on to them because you're so fucking scared about any other alternative but if we actually go back to security, if we're, yeah, that's the goal, right? We all want to be secure in our relationships. Then somebody in a secure relationship also knows that people can come and go. That's part of security is that it doesn't have anything to do with who I am as a person and that I can't control. Like, if you want to try to control getting hurt and dating, then stop fucking dating. 100%. Stop fucking dating. Like, let's just, let's just call this Don't out. Don't be in a relationship. Don't do it. Then you know what? You're right. Sequester alone. Don't ever leave that. You know what? You're going to deal with your own pains. You're going to deal with your own hurts. You're going to deal with your own shit. But if you are so scared of being hurt, what has Masha been saying this whole fucking time? You're scared of what? The feeling of being hurt. 100%. And you're so right. You don't be, don't
1: date Because dating, relationships, major risks, major Major uncertainty. You have no idea what's going to happen on the other side. You have no idea how you're going to grow and change if you're wanting this to be a long-term relationship. You think the uncertainty ends after the dating? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I hate to break this to you, but I think the uncertainty in many ways increases because Mm -hmm. you continue to grow and evolve as human beings over and over and over again. And there's much more to risk, you know, because you've built up more. And so the uncertainty never ends. That's the price. That's the price we pay. You want something so beautiful. But if you're not willing to pay that price and risk it, This isn't for you. And I think this is where this concept of surrender comes up a lot Mm -hmm. and what people misunderstand about it, right? Like we hear surrender in spiritual communities. We hear surrender in relationship. And that's really what surrender is. It's really your nervous system being regulated enough to be present in the moment, connected to yourself, open to connecting and receiving from the other person while holding the reality that there is potential uncertainty in, in the future. And that does not take away from this. That shouldn't stop you from being present in this moment. Now, you will get dysregulated. That's completely normal. But that's the work, continuing to be present and regulated and open so that you can keep connecting and co-creating that relationship. Because there is no co-creation if you're either abandoning yourself to be something they want or self-protecting, right? Like anxious versus avoidant. There there can't be connection in either of those. You're not connecting to yourself. You're not allowing the other person to connect to you.
0: Yeah, 100%. And like I never... You know, when I was in my dating world, like I was never scared of like showing emotions or being vulnerable with people. Like I found it to be for me a superpower I had of like I can connect with people. I, I'll never forget. Oh my god. This guy I was dating over COVID, the great example of like this guy and he was he was a babe. Like I to try to fucking hide this. He was hot and great personality. Just one of those guys that like you could just talk for hours and he was we would just have the best the best sex. We were just having the best fucking time and I felt so connected to him. And I remember like maybe after like a month or two of us dating you know like hanging out and you know never talking about what we are and I was trying to control the situation I would when he wouldn't contact me I would say something or I would post on Instagram doing something that I knew he would respond to or I lied to him I lied straight up I told him that I had a credit to this to something on Airbnb because I wanted us to go away and spend time together. I didn't have a credit I paid for it out of pocket I just didn't want him to know that I was paying for it and that's why we were going away and I did all of this I was trying I was talking about being the cool girl I was trying to control every aspect of this don't be too much don't be too needy be really fucking cool I remember I gifted him a set of software don't forget to buy your software I gifted him a set and he loved it and then we went away and I remember when he came back and and we were talking and I was like man I just feel so connected to you like and we had met friends like this was we were dating but This was my boo boo. I didn't talk about anything. I never brought it up. I figured just don't say anything. And he looked at me and he goes, Oh, it's not you. I just, I can connect with people. It's just a gift I have. And I'm sorry if you felt that this was like a personal connection to you, but no, I just, I can connect with a lot of people. And I remember just leaving feeling so embarrassed because I was like, It's not me. But now I understand what he was saying. Like I get it. I wanted to villainize him at the time, but I was like he was honest with me. He was very upfront. He had been saying from the beginning that he like wasn't sure and he was uncertain and he wasn't dating and he was trying to he was trying to not date. I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to prove and I wanted to control the outcome and I wanted it. And I remember being gutted and being so devastated and it's like so I was so scared of the inevitable happening and the inevitable happened and not only did it happen, I helped it happen. Yeah. And he connected and we could have this beautiful connection, but he wasn't looking at it as that I have to be his wife now. It was, yeah, we shared some amazing times. That's it. It it didn't go any further. And me trying to control everything and trying to do this and be the perfect girl and be the good girl, it didn't fucking work because this person didn't feel that same feeling that I had. Right. Wow, that's such a great example
1: of like so many things right on one hand of like connection is a superpower you can get really good at it and connect with many different people and that's not a bad thing like it is a skill and especially if you're a person who's regulated and connected to themselves like connection is beautiful yeah and clearly this guy was really great at it and that's not anything bad about him but you're recognizing you were controlling and micromanaging Mm -hmm. and not allowing yourself to see what was right in front of you had you not done that you would have gotten that answer Pretty early on. And it wasn't that he was a bad guy. It's just that it wasn't working for you. But you weren't in the present moment to see that. You were constantly five steps ahead in the future because you're dysregulated. And by the way, that also means he wasn't really getting to know you either. Mm-mm if we're being honest he wasn't really getting to know you no
0: and when I think back now I'm like you got you got you were getting to the version of he was getting to know the version of who I wanted him to get to know and that's also the thing for all these people of like I'm just so shocked like I don't understand who how did this person happen it's like oh what you don't think people are putting on acts you don't think people are putting on their best behavior you don't shocker you think that like the Kardashians are like they are on TV all the time People put a persona on. And that's part of dating. Again, you can't try to control the outcome all the time. Sometimes we have to leave a date. I've called my mom before after a date going, oh, too good. No, 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 it's too good. It was too good. And my mom's like, come back to Earth. Okay, you enjoyed the date. Can you not just leave it at that? And it would took a lot for me to practice the can I not just enjoy that? Can I not just enjoy that this was fun? If it doesn't happen again, that's okay. You know what that taught me? I can connect with somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. But you could only
1: see that once you get regulated enough, right? Because you get out of that date, it felt good. Now the scarcity mindset, dysregulation takes over. There's the fear of uncertainty. What's going to happen? I want more of this. And when you get a little bit more regulated and come back to yourself and yes, feel those feelings of there is uncertainty. I might not get what I want, right? those those are all very uncomfortable feelings. Let's not let's be honest about that. But once you can do that, and like, okay, I could handle this, then you could look at the situation and be like, wow, I just had a really beautiful experience with another human being, where in that moment, I felt deeply connected. And if nothing happens in the future, that actually does not in any way take away from the beautiful moment that we shared. And if something bad happens in the future, it still doesn't take away from that beautiful moment that you shared if you're able to be in the present, which means, again, I just want to keep repeating this, being present in your own body, connected to your emotions, your needs,
0: and being open to receiving what the other person has to offer and is sharing with you. Totally. Because like, I think you can date with intention while not attaching to the outcome. You can have, like I said, I love having a goal. Okay, well, I don't want to date somebody casually. I'm not interested in just like hooking up with somebody. That's cool. That doesn't mean though that just because like I, I get this all the time of like, oh, he bait and switched. And I'm like, what happened? Well, he told me he wanted a relationship. And then a month and a half later, he said he didn't with me. And it's like, no, that's, that's getting to know somebody. That's dating. There are no guarantees. There's no guarantees that you and your husband are going to be together forever. There's no guarantees that Tekai and I will get married. There's no guarantees about anything. But I don't allow that. Even in a friendship. Right. I don't allow that What guarantee do you have in a friendship? Right. And we've normalized that. That aspect of like, I really want that job. You didn't get it. And you're like, it's okay. But then you get something six months later and you're like, now I see why I didn't get that job. So if we could just have that openness to, yes. I get it. It's scary. I understand that when you're a woman and you're like, man, I really want a baby. You know, I want to have things There are certain biological aspects that we can't overlook, but you can't control the fact that somebody else has to also make that decision with you. Yeah.
1: And you're absolutely right. And especially like as a woman, right? Like it it makes so much sense that puts so much pressure and that causes dysregulation, right? That's what it does. It creates a lot of pressure and causes dysregulation and everything you said is still completely true. And, you know, before you were saying about like, you can date with detachment and intention. And I actually think there's no other way. I don't uh-huh. think yeah. you can be an intentional dater if you're not dating with detachment and vice versa. I don't think you can date with detachment in the way that we explained exactly. from yeah. the outcome, not the emotions. Yeah. Right. Without intention. I think because again if you're dating in a way that you're detaching from the outcome meaning you're present with yourself in the moment emotionally connected you'd be connected to your needs and desires aka your intentions correct if you are not connected to your intentions you're
0: then you're not being you know true to yourself you're not being present in that moment and just because you go on a date and say well I don't want really I want a relationship I don't want casual that doesn't make you an intentional dater that could, there are a fuck ton of people that say that, and then they'll end up in a situation ship or wasting their time or with that because it's like, here's the difference: you can say something, but holding that boundary is a very different experience. Because right. when that, because when you say that to somebody and you're dating with intention, and you say, "Listen, I, you know, I want that," and they say, "That's cool, I'm not interested in that," that's your cue to go, "Oh, all right, well then this isn't aligning. I'm glad I didn't attach the outcome with this person because if I had, I wouldn't accept that answer." Right. I'd look at that as no, no, no. I have to change this, or I have to get them, or I have to make them understand. And it's the same thing of just because someone says that they, w- just because somebody says that they want a relationship, my mama has been saying this doesn't mean that they want one with you. Doesn't mean that they want one with you in the way that you want a relationship. Right. Right. There's a difference between
1: words and action. I mean, for yourself, you might be saying you're an intentional dater and you only want a relationship, but if you were truly present and regulated in that dynamic, and then the person does or said something that contradicts that then you'd be connected enough to yourself to be like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Something yep. is off and maybe I need to communicate something or maybe I need to kind of say like, whoa, this isn't working. There's no reason to continue this, right? But I promise you there would be a feeling or an emotion or a need coming up that you would recognize had you been regulated and present in that moment. Totally. And then you take action on that. And then we would call that, oh, you are dating, you know, without attachment. You're dating in a way that's detached from the outcome. Yes, you want to get married, and you recognize that this isn't aligned, right?
0: Totally. Because it's like, let's say, for instance, your goal is I need to make, I'm going to throw out a number, 200000 at my job. I don't know. And you're going out there with the scarcity mindset of I'll take anything. I'll take any job. And a job comes to you and says, I'll pay you sixty k, And you're going, well, that's wildly off what I want. You, we both know that you getting into that just to say, well, okay, but look, but I'm still, I have a job. You're still going to be unfulfilled. You're going to have resentment. Your needs aren't going to be met. You're always going to be wanting more. You're always going to be needing more because you know where your baseline is versus all of those jobs that come in lowballing you. Fuck you. I know my worth. No, I'm not going to accept less than the 200K that I need. I can compromise at 180. Okay, I can make some sacrifices and compromises and say, okay, fine. I don't need to have my latte every single morning. I can shave off my $5 a day. But if you're going to go out and all it is is the scarcity mindset of it has to work out, it has to work out, it has to work out because I have the pressure and I'm a woman and I need to find my person or I just want to be, I don't want to be alone and I'm scared. That is going to drive you to do things that aren't going to be in alignment with you because what are you disconnected from what it is that you genuinely want and what it is that you need.
1: One hundred percent. And I think early on this conversation, you said something really great that I just want to like point out. You said, you know, dating with detachment doesn't mean not having goals. Yeah. Right. And I would say like a hundred percent, it doesn't mean that because like even think about like, you know, in my program, I talk about achieving goals in like any area and like goals, sometimes more tangible, like a business. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing. We, of course, set goals. Goals are incredibly important. They're kind of a compass. They're guiding you in a direction. So in a relationship, you know, when you're dating, it might be a relationship, marriage, whatever that is, right? But once you set the goal, it's kind of a compass. You almost let go of it. And from there, you just focus on the process. You let go of the outcome and you focus on the process meaning you focus on being present and putting one foot in front of the other every single day your goal is already set the direction you're already moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. now you need to completely let go of the outcome and just take it one step at a time and that's exactly what we're trying to say about this idea of like dating with detachment we want you to be intentional we want you to have a goal that's your compass that's your north star once you've decided that and set that internally now it's a matter of focusing on the process of living in alignment with that every moment mm-hmm. which requires being present and connected to yourself which requires noticing when you get triggered and becoming aware of that and taking a moment to regulate and coming back to that north
0: star it's like okay what does it look like to be intentional in this moment yeah because at the end of the day freaking out and sitting here hyper focusing and hyperventilating, and I, I know I've done it before and like I was even just seeing my client that I was working with yesterday she fucking losing her marbles at this one situation and then it all went away and it's like was that worth eight hours of stress on your body? Was that worth all of this? Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, we are in control of our mind. I don't want to hear this bullshit of like, I can't stop it. It's like, well, you're that's a conscious choice that you're making to allow those thoughts to be the centerfold. So if we now, if now knowing that, so then that means I have, I can I can go on, and, on a first date and say, I was good before this person, I'll be good after. A first date is just to assess if I even want to see this person again. It's not to assess, this is my ride or die. This is the love of my life. I'm going to marry this person. And I am fucking so happy. Help me God, you know, with all these fucking TikTok bullshit that people are saying, you know, and you know, and it's immediate. And if if you are leaving, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. It's like, you know what? Maybe we can all come back down to earth and down to like what it actually feels like to date. That might all of that might not happen. You might leave and all it might be is that was fun. I had a good time or yeah, maybe I'll see this person again. It might not be anything crazy. That's OK. Intimacy is built over time. It doesn't mean that just because you leave one date, all of a sudden you're like, this is my husband that that's it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is surrender. That's what you're describing, you know, again, like a word that gets thrown around that people tend to mis misinterpret, misunderstand, yeah. right? We're just saying surrender is being present with what is. Yeah getting regulated when you're dysregulated, right? Like I do believe that you have control over yourself. And, you know, I look at it through the lens of the nervous system that you could change your thoughts when you change your state. You can't just change your thoughts, but you could change your nervous system state, right? You could create a sense of safety unless you're in a physically dangerous situation. There are times when you can't get regulated and you don't need to, but we're, we're not talking about those right now. We're talking about texting, like, times when you're actually safe right and so you could change that and Mm -hmm. then that will allow you to surrender in the ways that i think you know these tiktoks are often implying but not fully articulating or explaining
0: yeah yeah another fucking awesome episode another meaty juicy episode of some tools some tips and hopefully some clarity around the situation masha what's going on with you anything that you want to call out for folks to be able to join what's going on with the program?
1: Yeah, we actually have another round of the program, another cohort starting on November 1st. I am super excited. That's coming incredibly close. Right up right so we just have just a couple of spots left and yeah so that's happening there's going to be another cohort in the new year but this is the last
0: one for this year and I'm super excited for for a new wonderful group of people to join sweet yeah and everything will be in the link in bio so if you want to join the program you can join that don't forget if you guys are in LA to come out to the event November 9th by the time this episode airs in future this will event will be a thing of the past so but thank you guys and as always Masha will be linked in the show notes and if you need anything from myself or her you can always find our link links there. And thank you again for another fucking awesome episode. Thank you so much for having me. I so enjoy this. I can't even tell you. Until next time.
1: Until next time, guys.